Welcome to the Jesus People segment of the Antioch Indie Podcast, a place where each week we're going to hear from different people about what it means to walk with God. We hope that you leave encouraged and equipped and that this builds your faith for what God wants to do in your life. Welcome to the Jesus People segment of the Antioch Indie Podcast, a place where each week we're going to hear from different people about what it means to walk with God. We hope that you leave encouraged and equipped and that this builds your faith for what God wants to do in your life. Hello, everybody. This is Karis Rigi. This is Jesus People. I have Anders Zanachko here. That's how I have to say it to Siri. Do you yes. know that? Well, you and Chad is Because I'll say, text Chad Frigi. And then sometimes and then, it does a G. No, it, it like, pulls up Chad Frigi's thing, but then it texts 3G. Oh, 3G. I don't know. Anyway, so, I have Andrew with me, Pastor Andrew. Such as the challenges of being friends with the Frigis. <laughs> and the Zanakos. Why don't we all have easier last names? Um, if you have a last name like Brown or Smith, mm. this is your chance to yeah. be thankful. Um, here we are. If you have a hard last name, email us at... Uh, Pray for me at <laughs> Do we have that website or email? No, maybe we should. Jonathan idea. will pray for you. Yeah, Jonathan Norton. It's over in the corner. You're being our mastermind right there. Um, we are thankful to have you, Jonathan. We're thankful to be on the podcast today and to kind of continue our series theme where I'm sitting down with you having challenging conversations. Ooh. We were talking about the Enneagram, not that we like. No, we were talking about the Enneagram and certain numbers, and one that we both relate to is called the Challenger. So here we are to give a real life. The number is called the number is Challenger. It's actually called the Challenger. It's eight is a number. Right, the number eight. Yes. So here we are. Jonathan's an eight too. He said. Mm -hmm. All three of us. It's a lot of eightness. And um, this fight after this. So last week we talked about women. And yes. that seemed to go well, and we had some encouraging feedback from people that appreciated the hard questions and mm. hard answers. And if you yeah. missed that one and you want to catch it, it is two podcasts ago. Um, <clears throat> but here we are today, and we're talking about your most recent message, which was this Sunday, and you spoke about... Love. Which I felt kind of disappointed by. Yes. <laughs> not As the actual, not the message. Just the idea that here we are talking about hard things, and we talk about love, and that seems like the least scandalous thing. So lame. Yeah. So boring. Well, just so, like, (laughs) which led into good conversation, because I thought that the series Cultural Architects, which we're in right now, the point of it was to bring out things in our culture that everyone's kind of chattering about Mm -hmm. and define how we view it. Um, So the first one we did was sin, Mm -hmm. and how... Like, sin actually exists. It's important that we say it exists. Yeah. It's important we realize it's out to kill us, um, which we had Stefan's awesome so testimony good. on here, which if you missed that, that was really powerful and is just, like, a really good picture of sin in anyone's life. It's not, it is never there to help you out. Seriously. It's only there to destroy you. So true. And to addict you and to enslave you. Um, and then we went into women, which feels scandalous and... Duh. But love, I'm, I'm having a hard time connecting the dots. You helped me in conversation, yeah. so why don't you help anyone else who also was wondering? How is love scandalous? Yeah, how is, <laughs> how is love a hard topic? Well, what do you think? I mean, because you said everyone's talking about love. We want to love everybody. It's really popular to love everybody, but are we doing it? Mm-hmm. And how are we defining it? Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. So what are you, if you had to define love, like based on Sunday, what, what is your definition? Well, I don't know. Well, I guess we talked about how God is love. 
and 1 Corinthians 13 outlines love. And so we weren't necessarily talking about the romantic love. And I, I just think love is a huge cultural conversation right now. Mm-hmm. And it's a hot topic. And it's something that everybody feels like we should agree on it. And everybody thinks we do agree on it. But then when you look at the way we live our lives together, it doesn't look like we're actually doing it mm-hmm. as much as we're talking about it. So, Can you give some examples of how we're missing the mark in it? Yeah. Culture? Yeah. I mean, I think... There's just so much hate in every direction, and I think that we can talk about loving people, but what we actually measure people's value on most of the time is like whether their lifestyle is in agreement with mine, or their decisions, or their political beliefs, or their whatever. Like we we actually don't love people. Mm-hmm. We um, agree with people or not. Yeah. And if we don't agree, then they're the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And like that's not love. And so everybody's talking about we should love everybody, but nobody's doing that. Nobody loves everybody. Mm-hmm. People like people like them. Yeah. And that I mean, that's the easy thing to do. And I think we all kind of go there naturally. Like so and it's not just like romantics or romantically or generally or whatever, but it's just kind of the where's the value of of a, of a person. Mm-hmm. And I think that culturally we yeah, we talk about it, but but uh, there's a breakdown, you know? Like, there's a lot of hate in our world for a lot of different reasons. There's a lot of violence. There's a lot of polarizing conversations. I mean, yeah, I think. So even in coming, even deciding what, what I was going to do that message on, like, originally it was going to be something different. But the more I was just sort of trying to observe the world and everything and say, like, every every topic I came up with, I was like, there's something deeper here than just... Like, I almost wanted to just, I almost was like, I just want to do a message on how to have a conversation. That'd be great. But, and I thought that'd be great. But there's something deeper than that, which is the message we did just do on love is the, the start of how you have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Because conversations in our world are breaking down because as soon as you disagree with me, we're fighting. Right, we no longer have. We, like, it's not even just, not even that we're fighting because it's not necessarily, it doesn't mean there's not love. It's like, you're the bad guy and I'm the good guy and I have to prove to you why I'm right and you're wrong, which makes me better and you worse. Can I say though, so when you're saying this, it's easy to be like, oh, the world, as in the unchurched, the Mm -hmm. lost, however we want to define it. But I actually feel like where I see this most operating is within the sacred things, like in the church things. Absolutely. But also on my own part, this is like a confessional too, because as I read different articles, you know, you read, you get like random Christian article sent to you and I'm like wow you're like the author of this article is basically pushing an agenda but acting like he's not mm. and I just want to be like I get it you like you have an agenda and I have an agenda when the, when we butt heads mm-hmm. we're like still missing Jesus you know yeah I mean I think we have to talk about it in church which is why we're talking about it and why mm-hmm. it's like if we're going to create kingdom culture we have to talk about love mm-hmm. like because God is love that's the only cultural issue that God says he is. You know what I'm saying? Like, here we go. So we have to learn how to do it in the church because Jesus said that the world, everybody would know that we're his disciples by the way we love one another. And so love is not us agreeing on everything all the time. Yeah. You know? And that's different. Because I think it's like, yeah, okay, cool. Let's talk about love. And, and that's the thing. Like, we all want to do it. Mm-hmm. We all want to love people. We're not. I'm not. We're not talking about how, like, everybody's just 
wants to be hateful and we have to convince people, hey, we should love each other. I think everyone's like, yeah, we should do that, but how do you do it? Because it's easy when we're all the same and agree on everything. Mm -hmm. but, but that's not real life. Right. It's not real life in church or anywhere else, you know? Right. So. And it's easy to pit, especially within the body of Christ, like to pit this church against this church or this style right. of church. And I mm. feel like I can do that where I, I will automatically not want to listen to certain people mm -hmm. because I'm like, you know, I just have my different totally ideas of what is kingdom and what isn't. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. So, I, and I'm really like, this is something I think a lot about and really passionate about, about like, how do we disagree well? Mm -hmm. And how do we, not even just how do we disagree, but how do we not agree? Like yeah. there's kind of a difference or yeah. how do we care about different things at different passion levels? Mm -hmm. Well, how do we see things differently? How do we do that? Well, in, just inside the church. And then also as Jesus followers to the world. And, and I think both really matter and are really challenging. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, love sounds so simple and easy. And, you know, like you said, you're like, you wish I wouldn't have preached on First Corinthians 13 because it's No, like, I, I didn't wish you wouldn't. I just felt, I was like, uh, but, anytime but you pull like, out, like... Been there, done that. Right, it's like you Romans totally. 3.23 and you're yeah. like... But if you camp out there, then right. the Holy Spirit breathes on it and you're like, oh, I've never read yeah. this before. Or totally. I have yet to even tap the surface right. of it, you know. And I, I think it's true for me, too. I mean, you look at it, it's like, wow, okay, been there, done that, and talking about loving everybody is really lame until you start trying to live it out, and you're like, gosh, this is hard. When you look at 1 Corinthians 13, I do, like we talked about, I'm like, patient, love is patient, my gosh. Okay, it would be great to skip over that, mm -hmm. you know, and pretend like I have it under control, but I don't, and... So yeah, I think we I think we have to talk about it, and, and I think the the biggest foundation of it is Genesis one, which is love has to have a love love has to have a base, which is people have value, period. And so we can disagree in all of that stuff. Like loving everybody doesn't mean accepting everything. Being all these other buzzwords of the culture get thrown on and attached to love, which is not love. Like acceptance or tolerance or agreeing or whatever. Like none of those things are necessarily loving just by by themselves. It, love has the base that people have value because they're people. Mm -hmm. And so no matter what that person does or says or whatever, we can disagree, but I, I can't just hate you mm -hmm. and and demonize you and want to throw you under a bus literally, you know, yeah. or shoot you or dis discriminate against you or like talk about how awful of a human being you are because of a political position that you have that's different than mine. It's like, we cannot do that. Mm -hmm. we, we can't move the past the fact that people have value just because God made them a person. And so how do we walk that out? Yeah. And I think how do we honor each other as, as people, even in the middle of disagreeing on lots of different things in lots of different directions? And there's a lot of conversations that need to happen in the world. Mm -hmm. like political topics of today, like we need to talk about those things. We need to have all of these tense conversations, but we can only have them effectively in general, and we can only have them accurately as Jesus followers if we hold on to and live out the fact that like, okay, cool, no matter what you're saying or doing or whatever, you have value as a person, mm -hmm. and I'm not like going to hate you. I'm not mad at you. I think it goes back to kind of maybe what you talked about in the cultural, when we were talking about church culture on here, and one of the things was that our sound is on mm -hmm. her, I feel like you said, but 
that's, I mean, it feels like more than a sound, but when you're engaging in dialogue with someone um, whose viewpoints are even like diametrically opposed mm -hmm. to yours, how do you honor yeah. them? How, how, how does it not become a conversation where I'm trying to prove myself or my rightness or defend, mm -hmm. um, which is like the goal in the conversation, like what is the goal, I guess. Yeah. That's, it would have been an interesting message if you had done yeah. how to have a conversation. Yeah, I know. There's well, that's like there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. You know, and uh, and I think another part that's hard is that uh, you know we can only be responsible for what we're responsible for. Mm -hmm. So as an individual who's trying to love people, I can only ultimately be responsible for am I loving somebody? Am I am I actually loving somebody? I can't actually be responsible for do they feel loved? Yeah. And that gets really hard and messy because you can love somebody accurately, but they cannot feel good about it. Mm -hmm. And then the conversation becomes, how are you loving me when you make me feel this way and that way? And there are times when I make somebody feel a certain way because I wasn't actually loving them. Mm -hmm. Like I was mean or I was rude or I was all of those things. But there's, that's the challenge, I think. How do you still have, you know, convictions and again, the, the whole premise of the series is like, how do we love God with everything we have and love people with everything we have in a world that disagrees with us mm -hmm. as Jesus followers on so many different things? So I think that's where we start to feel really torn is, well, people don't necessarily feel loved even when I think I'm trying my best to love them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so do I, how do I do that? And that's tricky, you know, because it's not, I can't be responsible for how somebody feels. I have to be responsible for how I'm treating somebody. Mm -hmm. And th there's a measure of that of taking into account how do they feel. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because you brought in like offense. Yeah. I mean, you brought in like a couple big things and you gave them like two minutes. And I was like, wow, we could have just gone there. Yeah. Uh, it would have taken like a whole other message. Yeah. But, uh, I was thinking recently, Chad and I were talking in our kitchen about, like, it was like a friend situation where all of a sudden you realize, like, do you ever do this? You're with someone and you leave and you just don't feel the same that you felt about them when you walked in. Yeah. You know, and you're like, yeah. why do I feel kind of angry or like yeah. kind of like, I don't really want to see you right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think for me, it was like really, it's been really good to just be like, to return to, there's that passage in James that says like jealousy and selfish ambition. Mm -hmm. You know, like why, why are these quarrels and fights among you? And, and just realizing like at the heart of those things is like this lack of love. So mm -hmm. usually when I'm offended by someone, I've like chosen to, to leave love, mm -hmm. you know, to yeah. like, to love myself, to like yeah. self protect. And you brought up that when you get to the end of your love store, mm -hmm. going to God, because he yeah. has a fresh store. Yeah. And I feel like you didn't say this, but I feel like it, it begs the question of, like, because God loves people, you can ask him for his heart, Yeah. you know, for the person. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what I was trying <laughs> to communicate with the part about 1 John 4, 11, mm -hmm. I think, is when he says, Beloved, if we if God has so loved us, let us love one another. Yeah. And so if, if I'm going to have something to give, I have to get it from God first. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I talked a lot about patience because that's, you know, been the, a big personal journey, we could say. Um and so that, you know, the whole suppressed rage thing that you were talking about, and, and 
relating these and eight and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, uh, it, it felt a little bit like confessions of an eight oh, hey. of an Enneagram. Like, I just, you know, suppressed like, rage is not actually patience. And <laughs> that, that was like right. a light bulb moment. Totally, it was a light bulb I moment. I was like, do it's not like, identify with that. Do not identify. Yeah. So I think, I think, like I said, I think everybody's got at least one thing on the list yeah. in 1 Corinthians 13. And it's like, well, okay, that I get empty on that one real fast, mm -hmm. but God doesn't. And mm -hmm. so the answer isn't to try harder yeah. or whatever. The answer has to be, okay, God, I need you to show me how you have done this. How, you know, you're getting irritated with people and that turns into offense and bitterness and all of these sort of things. It's like, all right, it does, it's not helpful to come to church or talk with a friend and be like, hey, you should stop doing this. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, fine, sure, I should, but I can't. Um, so, great. So I, that's why I'm thankful for God and the Bible and everything is that we can go to God and say, okay, Lord, how 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 do you not be irritated? Yeah. Like, show me how you do that, and how have you done that for me? And you know that requires that's risky mm -hmm. to just ask God how to show you how you've not been lovable, mm -hmm. but then He chooses to love you anyways. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, wow, okay, God loved me when I've not been lovable, and this person's not being lovable, so I can love them. Mm -hmm. And so, and I think that's important for so many different reasons, because love isn't saying everything's fine all the time. Yeah. Like, the reason love is hard, one thing I wish I would have said is, like, if we look at the list of 1 Corinthians 13, the only way we can love people is when they give us reasons not to. Mm -hmm. You know, like if I have to be patient, that means like yeah. you're giving me a reason to <laughs> not be patient. This is true. Or, or not or kind. Not, or not be kind. Or if you, if I, if I need to not be irritable towards you, you must be irritating me. Mm -hmm. So, love is messy and like it's hard. Like it sounds warm and fuzzy, and that's what everybody wants it to be, but it's just not. And so, it's not helpful to pretend like it is. You know, and say, oh, we've all got this under control, and let's just love everybody and sing kumbaya. It's like, okay. Sure, that might sound fine, and we wish it was like that, but it's not. Mm -hmm. Like, I am irritating, and I need people to love me. Mm -hmm. I am, like, you know, like we're, and, and we all are, and so it's hard. And, yeah. and that's why it's so powerful. That's why Jesus will say something like, people are going to know that you are walking with me if you can love each other. Mm -hmm. And I, I, think, I think what you said was interesting, like, the, the process of realizing I am unlovable at moments and how humbling that is. And um, I even did it yesterday. It was like a good exercise of like, okay, I feel irritated by this, but I know I have operated just like that with mm -hmm. the Lord. And so Lord, like show me how you handled me in that moment and how safe he always makes me feel even mm -hmm. when I'm being a complete brat, you know, yeah. and, and to be able to extend that. I was yeah. listening to someone recently talking about when she has an offense with someone, she pictures going like into her quiet place with the Lord but then she pictures Jesus on the cross yeah and trying to tell him about this friend and like what they yeah. did and right she's like and he always looks at me so nicely but yes. like halfway through I just stop talking totally. you have to just like you have to leave it there absolutely which part of what we're talking about I think requires a lot of self-awareness which I mean that that's not not to be like all psychological or whatever but no, you have great. to be aware of the trigger and when you're not walking in love. Um, yesterday, someone cut me off in traffic, and I just had that moment of, like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. And then I was like, why do I feel entitled to drive fast? Like, why can't I calm down? Right. And it was just this moment of, like, wow, my, I can't even, like, what comes out of me in moments where I'm shaken is not love. Mm. You know? Yeah. yeah. Do you feel that way for me a little bit? Like, <laughs> I never feel that way. That's really, <laughs> you're alone That's in really that. sad, Karis. Yeah. 
Thanks for telling me all of this. <laughs> but just like, how do I get that to not happen? Yeah. And I think that's where you and I were talking, where you kind of spin your wheels. Like, how do I right. stop being impatient? Well, that's the beauty of, like I said, the system is rigged. Mm -hmm. Like, we have to go close. We have to get closer to Jesus mm -hmm. if we want to love people. And that's awesome. Yeah, and like, convicting. It is. It is convicting. And so, and even, like, the self-awareness thing, like, that comes from conviction of the Holy Spirit, which is yeah. so good to be like, all right, like, this is vulnerable in to, to come to God. I mean, ultimately, the way that we're going to love people best is when we bring ourselves into the presence of God which takes a lot of trust and faith to do that. Right. Believe God exists, believe that he welcomes me, and that he's made a way by Jesus and his grace. I can stay before God. Like, wow, okay, there's a lot there. you know. But to come before him and say, okay, Lord, I want to love people, um, which means I need you to show me how you've loved me. And so, Holy Spirit, like, show me where I'm not loving people, and then show me where you've loved me, which has to mean show me where I've been unlovable and you've chosen to love me, because that's what love is. Love is sacrificial. And it sounds so simple, but it's terrifying. Yeah, it's very hard. And it makes me think, too, that when I, when I get in those positions with the Lord, it's easier to default to say, well, someone offended me, mm -hmm. than to say, why am I offended? What's the root mm -hmm. here? Like, is it my pride mm -hmm. that was offended? Is yeah. it my envy? Like, right. is it triggering? Is the fact that someone's getting something that I want really just because I feel like an orphan still and I haven't received your love on this level? And it totally. takes work. Totally. So I'm like, no wonder... We all cop out and we're like, well, it's easier to just blame that person than deal with yeah. the heart level Absolutely. of the junk. But the journey is worth it because if you get to that level, and I was just, we were talking to a couple friends about this whole thing based on your message, and her whole thing was like, why am I feeling this way towards this person? Yeah. And so we started to just talk through, is it envy? Is it jealousy? Is it comparison? And when you start to see the ugliness of your heart, mm. Like, I don't want to go there. I'd rather just be like, that person's annoying. Totally. Than be like, why am right. I annoyed? Right. But to ask yourself that question, then that's where the Lord can, like, heal. And you can respond differently. You know? Oh, yeah. But it's work. Exactly. Which is why it's radical to actually live it out. Right. Because it's so easy to say. Mm -hmm. And it's humbling. I, think, I yeah. think the point is, maybe what Jesus was saying when he's like, they'll know you've been with me right. by how you love. Because... The, the being with him is such a humbling, like you just, you cannot afford to have pride in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to love people well. Absolutely. And, and I think it's like, okay, so well, the other thing that's really encouraging to me is that love isn't, love isn't a personality trait because, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of people that are nicer than me and more patient than me. And there's a lot of people that I look around and I'm like, Dang, I don't have a chance of loving people well. You're just so naturally good at it. I know. You know all of and then you end up nice. getting annoyed when you're with the really nice people, you know, because right. you're like, you're making me look really bad. Yeah, I hate that person. You know? <laughs> you're yes. being so patient. Totally, right? totally. Sam best. But you know, people like that where you're like, how like, are you wow, so calm? Wow, you're calm? amazing at this, naturally, and I don't have a chance. I but, but we just get to get close to Jesus. Mm -hmm. and And I think it's what gives us true, you know, love is the fact that it goes beyond personality to be able to look at people and say, like, oh, I'm not just nice to people because I'm nice and, like, it's easy. It comes easy to me. Right. It's it's <clears throat> just different, you know, to, to engage engage people and have to actually, to, to be diligent enough and faithful enough and loving enough to do the work in your own heart so that you can love people. And so when people are like, why aren't you freaking out right now? 
It's like, well, because God didn't freak out on me. Mm -hmm. And it's not like a churchy answer. It actually comes from encounter and revelation. And you can give a specific example, you know? And like I mentioned it at the end of the message real quickly, but it, I remember when Rose was like two, she was going crazy one morning about not having like her oatmeal soon enough. You know, and she kept asking, and I was like, and I, and I, was, I, I, was, I was kind of laughing, but I was also kind of annoyed. I'm like, I'm like, Rose, I have fed you every morning of your life. Right. Like, I'm gonna get there, just give me a second. And yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I do I've that, that and that like I think about that moment all the time, especially as a dad, you know. And that has changed the way that I parent, and the way that I love Rose, and the way that it, I love other people. Is like, wow, I know it's not like oh man, we all are terrible. It's just oh, I know what that's like. It gives you compassion and empathy, and you can go there with people and be like, whoa, okay. I don't remember. Maybe today I didn't freak out about getting my oatmeal. But there's some other things I'm freaking out about. Mm -hmm. And that God has been faithful to do every day right. of my whole life. Mm -hmm. And today I'm still really anxious about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to God and being like, oh, I don't know if you're going to come through. And I'm talking to everybody else about it. And I'm all worked up and it's exhausting and all of these things. And God's like, I've done that every day. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'm going to do it today. Don't right. worry. You know? Yeah. It's good. He is loving. I, it made me also think back to what you were talking about at the very beginning, how, you know, we, like, love is like, there, it has these categories. So it's like love between friends, mm -hmm. which is hard, love between spouses, love between family members, love between people in your church, people you agree with, but then, like, love between us and people who do not agree with us whatsoever, let's mm -hmm. say, or people who are living completely opposite than what I'm living because mm -hmm. I believe this is what God's called me to. Right. Um, Engaging in conversation, one of the things you said before the podcast started was, you, I don't forget how you said it, it wasn't offensive, but you said, I, you never know what I'm going to say, mm -hmm. and that I challenged. Yeah. Right? What did you say? I said, I'm glad you do these podcasts because oh, I yeah, never know what I'm going to say. Oh, yeah, and I said it's because I always have a lot of opinions, and right. you said, but when you put your opinions as questions, yeah. it's helpful. And I wonder if that isn't, couldn't be true in loving people who are really opposed to maybe even what we believe. If mm -hmm. we could start funneling our like angst over I have to tell them that this is wrong and their lifestyle is wrong. What if we just started asking questions and mm -hmm. asking questions about who they were, yeah. how they grew up, like right. do they feel safe in relationships? Like if you and I have found as I've like put this into practice without even really meaning to, I'm thinking about different people that I've hung out with and and the power of asking questions to, to tear down walls yeah. of hostility or walls of they're gonna try to convert me right away. Just mm -hmm. To just ask about who they are and yeah. you know oh yeah yeah I and I don't know I didn't really go into this in the message because I don't know if I know how to say it very well but I think I, something that I've been thinking a lot about the last couple of years and think about a lot very regularly is is and what's helpful language for me is nobody owes me anything mm -hmm. and that help that phrase helps me love people way more than I feel like I naturally want to or whatever is realizing like wow nobody agrees or nobody owes me agreeing with my opinion. Nobody owes me for them to follow God and like respond to Him well. Like, nobody owes me that, and so I don't have to communicate. I don't have to put that off on people. That like, I need you to agree with me. Yeah. Because like, for whatever reason. <clears throat> I think it, I, at least, again, I don't know if the language is good or not, if that makes sense to anybody else, but 
I'm just finding for me that's just been helpful to to go there with questions or prioritize what to talk about when or whatever is to say like oh cool like the Holy Spirit comes upon us and gives us power to be witnesses mm -hmm. not to be judges mm -hmm. and those are two very different things right and so because you know so just to go the way I think about it this could be offensive to people but it's like God doesn't care about my opinion on somebody like when it comes to judgment um, day I mean that's like, so good that's I'm not gonna be standing like God's not gonna call me in be like, hey, when Andrew, he's judging somebody else making what do you, you think about right. this person how do you think they did like, right it's, he's not gonna ask my opinion on yeah. that. and so if my opinion is not gonna matter then I don't want it to I don't want to feel like it matters now mm -hmm. and I remember somebody asking me one time you know uh, they're like hey what do you think about this guy and it was actually like a really uh, well-known preacher in the church world so kind of back to your point earlier about having discussions in church, and he's really popular, and some people have really negative opinions of him and all that stuff. And one of the first questions this person asked me is, hey, what do you think about that guy? And I just said, I don't know him. Mm -hmm. And he, the guy asked me, he's like, dang it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but I said, yeah, I don't, I don't know him, and, and I, I haven't read any of his books or really listened to much of his preaching, but even if I had, I just said, you know, at the end of the day, like, He's gonna I stand would, before God. He's gonna stand before God, Not and me. I'm, well, I'm gonna stand before God. Right. More like. So I want to so, give him a lot of room. That's what I said. I, I said I would rather, at the end of the, at the end of life, when I'm naked in front of God with only my life to show, and God is standing right there, what did you do with the life I gave you? Mm -hmm. I would much rather say, have him say, hey, you really gave that guy the benefit of the doubt, but he was way off. I would rather God say that than say, wow, you were really hard on that guy when I was using him the whole time. Yeah. I'm like, that scares me. Well, that's also a verse about like the, the same standard of measurement you use on other people will be used for you. Like, that's, yeah. that is terrifying. It's terrifying. And the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. Yeah. And so I think that there's a lot of wisdom in thinking about that moment. And yeah. I think about that moment all the time in life in general, just making yeah. any decisions. It's like, yeah. which, I don't know which one's right, quote unquote, or wrong, quote unquote, but which one do I want in that moment? Mm -hmm where I can at least say, if I was wrong, I really gave it my best shot to love people and love you and honor you, and if I totally missed it, then I need grace. Mm -hmm. Rather than like, yeah, I took a whole bunch of people down because I thought I was right. It was like, you weren't. Yeah. Like, Ooh. Yeah. I remember when Chad and I were first married, we were trying to figure out churches to go to. We were like in the city before Antioch, and we were eating lunch one day, and he was like, he was saying, you can't walk into churches and try to figure out who's the most right, and he was like, because... Like, we're not right. And I remember, like, kind of choking on my food. You know, I was like, yeah. fellow eight. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, ah, what are we doing then? You're not right. right. I am. <laughs> Pretty sure I'm right. And he was like, you know, like, our theology, if we prophesy in part, we see in part, we hear in part, like, none of us, no one person on the planet has a monopoly on theology and has the perfect view of God all the time and the perfect view of people. And it was, like, so freeing to walk away from that lunch and be like, yeah. we don't have to figure out the rightest church in Indianapolis totally. or be the rightest people or say like our lifestyle is the rightest lifestyle and I feel like the older or I get judge other people if they're the rightest <laughs> right exhausting yeah it's like let's just if you're pursuing the Lord I'm gonna let the Holy Spirit convict you right and then I'm gonna trust him to convict me and yeah. it's like not my not my job totally yeah I know that I've spent a lot more energy than I should doing things that aren't my responsibility and have spent 
too little energy on things that are my responsibility, yeah. which is just love God and love people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that can sound simple and basic, but that's what the whole Bible is. So, you know, every message is that. Every sermon is that. Every time we spend time with God, that's what he's trying to get into us, mm -hmm. is how to love him and how to love people. Because he can take care of everything else, and he does take care of everything else. And so... Yeah, there's a lot of freedom if we'll follow Jesus. I just I'm learning that. Mm -hmm. Like following Jesus is the way to do it. Yeah. And he's just he knows what he's talking about and he really does have life to the full in mind when he leads us. Right. And that's important. And so when he tells me I'm not a judge, he's not trying to say like he's actually trying to help me live the life he's called me to live. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to buy into that way more trust him a whole lot more that when he says Andrew here's your lane here's what isn't your lane I just want to stay in my lane mm -hmm. and trust him with the rest of the stuff it's good I think in, in talking about this series we've talked about before how we're trying to camp out on right and wrong mm -hmm. and but if God is truth he's like neither right nor wrong he's like above that it's so like going after his truth like what is his love and I feel like that was the value of, of meditating on 1 Corinthians 13, because that's like, if you put it in the Bible, and that's the whole chapter devoted to like what love is, mm -hmm. in, that, in those moments where you're like, is this right or wrong, or how should I respond? Yeah. Like, that would be a worthwhile. Yeah. Because God, that's how God responds to us. Mm -hmm. Like, we were wrong, mm -hmm. and he chose love. So, my love for somebody shouldn't be based on if they're right or wrong, either. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it was a good sermon. <laughs> But it really was good. And I feel like now I understand why. Now you can go back. Now I can give you grace. Oh, now I can love you. Just kidding. Um, well, to everybody just... else out there who was really disappointed on Sunday, <laughs> I really hope this helps. I hope this helps. <laughs> no, it, I understand. And it was good. And I'm sure this Sunday we have another topic coming up. Sexuality. Oh, wow. Wow. I'll find another host then for next week. No, I'm just kidding. It'll be great. Um, cool. Well, that's... Is that... Is that... That is saucy enough. I don't know. <laughs> now I, I mean, I feel like, I guess love to sexuality makes sense. Just going straight into, wow. Okay, so that's what we're going to talk about on Sunday. It'll be great. Uh, also, next week, you can be looking forward to a great podcast with Joe Ewan. Ooh. Who is Scottish. By the time they've heard this, they will have been to church on, this, on tomorrow. Yes. Because, yes, tomorrow night we have the night with Joe Ewan. But if you miss that, and you're hearing this on Thursday, and you wish you would have gone last night, don't worry. We'll have his story, and you're doing a separate podcast with him probably, too, Yeah. on how to pray. So As much Joe as possible in the yes. next few weeks. Yes. We're going to get a lot of wisdom. It'll be worthwhile. Thanks for this conversation. Thanks for asking the questions, Karis. Yep. See you all next week. <laughs>